What's good? My name is Young Nate, and you're now tuning in the Encore Radio Show. Yeah. The views and comments expressed on the following radio program by his hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect the views of... Probably talking more than your rent is about I'm spending money just to make it, we getting it out But that's the hustle, nigga, guess I just figured it out Gold on my neck, goals on my check, holes on my dick Balls on the net, niggas think I rose from the dead Put the pressure in, they fold down the dad Poopoo niggas only trying to turn the cup for the dad No flash, doing shit that never was possible in the past Alright, good morning, folks, the Encore Radio Show Live here with Wise Soul As you guys heard, we're sitting here with young Nate Yeah, yeah Yo, what's good, Nate, man? How's everything going with you? Everything good, I can't complain, how you feeling? Uh, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. I'm hoping the fucking Panthers start doing some shit. <laughs> you know, folks, if y'all y'all not listening, y'all probably gonna hear this in about two weeks, but they should be shooting this during the Super Bowl because we fuck with y'all like crazy. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not, I can't even see the game right now. I can see the game if I right <laughs> there, so I'm cool with the shit. See, nah, click, I'll, I'll put you in the right seat, my <laughs> man. I'll put you in the right seat. I would have been wild attracted anyway. Anyway, uh, so, Young Nate, man, people know you right now for Heartland. They know you for rapping. But they don't know your history, so we're gonna do a lot of we're gonna do a lot of history digging for this one. Yeah, feel me? Yeah. All right, bet. So your first song that I found online, at least, was called "In the City." Mm-hmm. So let's talk talking about "In the City." See, I'm pressure because there's two "In the Cities." I, there two. Was... Tell me, tell me, all right, tell me about both. Tell um, me about both. If, the, if you found the "In the City" featuring Charles Hamilton. Is oh, that the one that you found? Nah, no, no, no. Oh, this but was that the, would have been my first song that I've ever made, period ever made, in life. Period, okay, in okay. Life, period. And in the inner city that you probably found was the one with El Prez. Yes, yes. So that was off of the uh, I Heart YM project. Okay. And that was when I was out in LA, of course, and we were just mashing the two fields of... Mm-hmm. He's in, he's a, uh, uh, he's from... Uh, presence from Inglewood or whatever, mm, okay, and I'm, okay. And I'm from Harlem, so we were just mashing the two cities together or whatever. So the West and the East, we were coming together on that one. Oh, we guys, so all right. So we not, for that one. we not, we not, we not gonna jump forward too much. Let's talk about the one with Charles Hamilton. Then. Um, that was literally my first song ever, man. It was like I had these verses and something I've always, always been my strong point is like my writing, my lyrics and things like that. So I got uh, these verses. And up until that point, like I had never like done a hook or understood like the schematics of a song and like the like how it would lay out and things like that. So I go into there and I'm I, I remember I remember this shit like it was yesterday. Yo. <laughs> I, I go into there and I do the verses. The verses is good and they say yo Nate, I do the hook now. So I'm going to hook and I'm, I'm in it just I'm straight from New York, bitch. I'm straight from New York, bitch. I'm straight from New York, bitch. I'm straight. And everybody like everybody was laughing like what the fuck is that, Nate? Yeah. Like what is that, bro? Like it and it was just um Charles comes in there and he's like yo this is how you do the hook. Or and he laid down a real hook for me mm-hmm. so now i get to see like the development of songs and things mm-hmm. more than just verses because up until the point i was just only writing rhymes like i started off as a battle rap okay so okay I was only writing okay. rhymes at the time i mean funny enough now you hear a lot of people who just have hooks are just saying the same thing over and over again anyways so yeah i mean know. like yeah years ago that was just weird and I, <laughs> if i did that shit today then it's the most fire thing ever you understand like and especially if i would have mumbled it it would have been the most fire thing ever today 2016 i would have been the most fire thing ever 
Alright, alright, alright. So, you know, a little history. Your mom worked at Jive. Yeah. Does she still work at Jive now? No, not anymore. Not anymore. Okay. Alright. Your father rapped. Yeah, my father rapped. Your father rapped. And your cousin Boots helped yeah. inspire you. And who, yeah. Your mom. Yeah. Right? Working at Jive, growing up, being the Jive kid. What was that like? Just going down to the label and being able to see how the industry works and like knowing the actual players mm -hmm. you know like so more than just the artists i get to meet the execs and the lawyers and the this and the that mm -hmm. um and the one thing that i learned from that is that the artists are at the absolute bottom of the totem pole mm, okay. and you got um, everybody else and the, the longevity of an artist isn't that long whatever it's like being a running back in the nfl the super bowl is on right now so this is the perfect analogy mm -hmm. the running back has the shortest career out of any other player on the field yeah marshall yeah, just, just retired yeah while the quarterback can play forever. Peyton Manning is 40. Isn't he? He's 40 right now, right? <laughs> yes, and you understand, like, so, so you got to look at the running back is the one that pushes the, the, the ball across the court and the mm -hmm. artist creates the content. The artist is the reason why everyone has a job. Mm -hmm. You understand? Mm -hmm. Like, for them to have the shortest life lifespan in the game, that, that was just a, a rude awakening for me. Like, where do I want to fit into this game? Yeah. Which is why I think and I move the way I do, why I create other things outside of music that make myself relevant because I know I only have but so long to survive with music. Mm. So, your dad used to bring you into the studio and you, when he was, when he was rapping and put down lyrics. Yeah. Well, what was that like? So now you're seeing it from both perspectives. I was seeing that. Um, that my father was rapping before my mother got the label job. But oh no, my, he, my, yeah. When my pops used to rap or whatever, I used to uh, he used to bring me around. I was still kind of young, but I would memorize his rhymes. Mm. And I'm like six or seven years old and shit like that. I would spit those rhymes or whatever. Yeah. Like I remember chilling at uh, when my mother finally does go to job or whatever. I'm in the mail room. And I'm spitting my pops rhymes. Like, yeah, I rap too or whatever. I'm only like, I'm only like 13, 14. Um, it was the rhyme that my pops said. Uh, damn, I can't even think of it. Um, but it was like words and concepts that at my age I shouldn't have known or whatever. No, yeah, and I normally yeah. I, I know them verbatim, but for right now it's just slipping my mind. So mm -hmm, once I'm, mm -hmm. I get back to it or whatever, I'll probably spit one of those shits one day. But it's just, it was like just that learning experience and like his hunger he did it as a hobby and things mm, like that mm. but he was he was my hero mm. you know like and that was just like the greatest thing ever to see my pops rap like you know like that's where my love for the music came in Man. i couldn't i couldn't like walk away from it it was always surrounding me nice so boots talk to me about your cousin boots now um now boots he is my, my older cousin mm -hmm. um boots porter and he literally taught me everything that i know as far as like like writing and like the my my love and my passion for music he had me look at it most people like like you know like just listen to the music and they understand what's going on they know that they love this mm. when i when i started working with boots and he was developing me into becoming in the young nate he was breaking down just the schematics and like the, the the cadences of rappers when should i switch up my flow he's breaking all of these things down for me uh the song structure how do you structure these verses in the song how do you structure these these words and getting your story across what makes you different than anyone else these are all of the questions and the, the just the development of me is from a writing standpoint mm -hmm. and like really really listening to to, to my, my, my 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 uh my, my forefathers in the game the, the big homies the the bigs and uh uh uh, uh you know sitting back listening to the what made Wu-Tang great? What made uh, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, like what are they doing? What made them great? And like actually listen to to what they were listening to what they're doing. Mm. Like and that that you know, studying the game. I learned I learned to appreciate hip hop because of Wu's. That's what's up. So now we had the trifecta. 
got your mom. Yeah, I got the business. Yeah, I got the business. I got the passion and the influence, and now I I got the actual craft. I'm learning the craft now. Perfect. So shortly after this or whatever, you say you say at about 13 or 14, um, you were you were with your dad and stuff. Um, your dad eventually left. Yeah. Right. How old were you around that time? When like when when did that happen? Um, I made the decision. I was living with my father when I was like 11 years old. I was uh. When I was around six, I was acting up at school in New York, and my mother was a single parent. Mm -hmm. Um, And she figured that the best way for me to start acting right was to go back with my father. Um, He was living down south, and I lived with him for a few years. And then when I turned 11, um, when I was going into middle school, I made the decision to come back up uh, north. Okay, okay. And be with my mother. Um, And then my pops just went around and did what it is. My pops always played the active role in my life, and Mm -hmm, I have a stepfather mm -hmm. as well. So I grew up with like two fathers. Oh, even better. Yeah. So how much did that, do you think that change of now no longer being down south and being with your dad, but to being with your mom, up north um, with your stepfather what was that what was that change like for you do you um, think it affected you negatively anyway it was just a uh, a cultural shock I come back with an accent now <laughs> you know like oh, I got it you know cause I'm learning I know how about to speak I know down about there. that I just yeah, you learn how to speak down there. Yeah. to this day I still enunciate words certain ways that mm-hmm, you would if, mm-hmm. from a southern accent never you can lose, hear you never it lose it. unfortunately yeah, I hate it you can I hate it, it. <laughs> um and it was just it was just like just assimilating back up here and getting back uh getting back into the culture you know my mother lived in the bronx and coming back between the bronx my family is in harlem and you know i'm moving back and forth and it's mm-hmm. just getting back into new york and getting back into the swing and mm-hmm. when i was down there at the time i'm learning about the uh just what was happening in new york like with all the slashes and stuff and then i yeah, you know yeah. i'm scared when i come back up here but mm-hmm. it wasn't that when you come back up here new york they all the news and the media always will perpetuate it to be something that it's not absolutely you know? so absolutely. that was something all right, so when you went to high school, you ended up at Frederick Douglass, Frederick Douglass Academy, FDA. Yeah. You guys, you were now, you were then at that point a part of the Demevelis Group. I know I practiced saying that. Demevelis. I practiced saying that for mad long. Yeah, Demevelis Group. Thank you. Yeah. Anyway, um, so from my from my knowledge of it, I see uh, Charlique. Yeah. Um, uh, Show Two Fly. Yeah. Charles Hamilton, of course. Yeah. Yourself and Jay Means. Yeah. Right. What was that like to have a, a strong brotherhood? All right, we're going to get take it a little bit further. We also got um, B.A., Hanson mm-hmm. Manson, Proven, Issa, Fidel, Rel, a, cu- a couple others, and H.O., mm-hmm. H.O. the boss, of course, mm-hmm. um, Eric Adams. That that was the entire Demev The whole team. group, okay. Um, there was two Demevs, actually. There was a Demev that was initially there. So this is before, like, Charles and I get into the picture. Mm-hmm. That was when you have, like, H.O., uh, B.A., Hanson mm-hmm. Manson, um... Jane means Dell and Peace Paris. Um, mm. you get you get a different demev, and okay. I, those were like the superheroes to us. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, okay, those okay. Those are the superheroes. To, those are the guys that we always aspired to be. So, what you, grade? What grade were they in? They were they were always ahead of us. Um, I want to say they were like oh four or something like okay, that. Okay, okay. Oh three and oh four. So they were they were like a lot, a lot was like a little bit ahead of us. Mm-hmm. Um. But they were the ones that got the studio in FDA, mm-hmm, being mm-hmm. knuckleheads. So they got the studio in there, and like it was just like this mythical thing. Like you would walk by the door, on the, it was on the third floor. You just walk by the door, and you could hear the music. Uh-huh. And this is before everybody has studios. Yeah. Like now in 2016, everyone has a studio. Like yeah. anybody can. Have, but back then, it was like, what does a studio even look like? like nobody <laughs> even knows what it looks like and how it works. So these they were like like gods to us, yeah. you know, like. 
um and we always aspired to be there i learned i learned a lot of stuff like with, with, with my cadence listening to them and with mm-hmm. my content and what i wanted to be listening to them and they like just picking up things that they did on their music mm-hmm. um now what i said it was two demand they were the older demand like charles and i charles myself shalik um and show we now are like the younger demand that takes it further okay. we take it further than okay they now charles blows up yeah right of course the entire demand goes with him right yeah what was that what was it like living in the moment you know um and what year was it what people don't know is that uh charles and i had a falling out mm-hmm. long before the demand thing happened well, long before really? charles blows up yeah and i didn't want to be a part of it because charles and i were once a group i didn't want to be a part of any of that stuff mm-hmm. so now we could take it back to uh my cousin boots my cousin boots uh is whipping my ass and telling me but now look like just just getting into my head like yo yeah, yeah, yo because yeah. i'm a very prideful person mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. if you do me wrong i don't give a fuck yeah. like you understand like I'm i really don't i really don't care like i don't way. care what you have i don't care what you are but he's telling me like yo like like you got to speak the h like and charles and them were reaching out to me and things like that or whatever and i'm like not talking to anybody i don't yeah. want to talk to you guys mm-hmm. um because i was so hurt from the situation and I finally, uh, I don't know, HO just called me one day and was like, yo, Nate, yo, we bought you a plane ticket, but you leaving to Cali tomorrow. Wow, okay. You leaving to go to Cali tomorrow. Y'all didn't really have a choice. It's just like, like, yo, like, let me get <laughs> my ass up there. Fair like, enough. Yeah. So they called you out there. You got, you went to California. What happened? It was just to see the different life of, like I said, like with a lot of people, this is a dream mm-hmm. and it's not, and once it becomes your reality, you get to see it for what it is and it's an amazing feeling to be living your dream but at the same time now your dream is your job you know your passion okay. has now okay. your hobby has now become your career okay you know and like your, your your mentality and everything has to switch and we were young at the time so we took a lot of things for granted that, mm. that we were expected to have you know like being young guys we expected to have certain things because our success came so fast mm-hmm. so now when we don't have it and we're working our way to get back to where we were it's just like you know what like like we, we're watching our steps and we're watching who we keep around us and us being like I said us being young we had a lot of bad people in our ears at the time okay. so a lot of decisions that happened and a lot of things weren't necessarily our fault mm-hmm. it was that we were being led the wrong way Okay, I could see how being so. You say that you you guys were like seventeen, eighteen around that time. Yeah, it was seventeen, eighteen. I could see where not having you know, in a sense, a, a OG to guide y'all um, would have been somebody with our best interests at heart. Mm. Not somebody that uh, it, it should be. I, I'm gonna speak freely because I don't, I don't really care anymore. But um, when you hear things like we were being saved in the phone as free money. Mm-hmm. And things like that by mm. by people that we looked at as as our friends, mm. you know. And these are like like these aren't the people that we came in with. These are like the industry heads or whatever, yeah, like because yeah. they know that yo we the dumb niggas with the budget, mm-hmm. you know. Like so so they can always tax us and always overcharge what they're gonna charge for the map and things like that because we're not being frugal and we're not being smart with our moves. Then mm. people saw that coming along. They noticed our noses was green miles away, wow, and okay. they took advantage of the situation. Let's take a step back for a second. Let's talk about Charles' rise. Y'all had a this process, which now has a term, uh, called the Hamilton Hamiltonization process. process yeah. Right? Tell people what that what that is. Cause I mean you see it a lot now, you but see it, you see it, it now. was yeah. it was definitely innovative at the time. What it was was 
people blogs didn't exist at the time they didn't have the impact and the power that they were mm. so charles literally became the first artist on the blogs and a lot of the blogs now that he used for this process are now like the blog that you want to be on they're the, the mm. blogs now so the idea of the process was to showcase charles's creativity and also his output because this guy this is a guy with a, a thousand over a thousand songs mm -hmm. you know like now i'm at the point where i can say i have over a thousand songs but like it was different back then because yeah. he this is you're 17 18 years old with a thousand songs that says a lot right yeah. there a thousand songs a thousand beats so what, what they basically did was they planned on charles to release it was an it's a virtual tour a virtual mm -hmm. internet tour across five or six blogs i think we did um in which charles released a new mixtape every two weeks if i'm mm -hmm. not mistaken it was every two weeks he would release a new mixtape um original all of yours in the music mm -hmm. so every single two weeks you're putting out a new project you're not putting out a new song yeah. you're putting out eight to ten records or ten however many records that we're going to put on this tape or whatever with uh with the, with the help of dj ski and all of the blogs shout out mm -hmm. to the pr team with interscope backing and everything like that you're putting out a new project every two weeks imagine making 10 songs that gotta be grade a and have them out within two weeks you know like like the thought process and everything behind it now is is damn near impossible mm -hmm. like because after a while you're gonna sound horrible you understand yeah. like not that many and artists the not create, gonna be the kind not gonna be right create at that, at, at, that at that speed you can create one fire project in mm -hmm. in in over the course of though that that 10 weeks i have long it took or whatever you can create one fire project but they drop 10 pro five projects over the course of 10 weeks that's just just insane right there wow all right so do you think that you would or that you could reinvent that to use for yourself at some point in time um the overexposure thing um i was doing something similar to that which was the free music campaign when mm -hmm. i was on the run for i Heart yn yeah yeah um but it was kind of i think i put out like two songs a week mm -hmm. for like three months straight yeah. i dropped two songs a week for three months straight or whatever like you know and this is leading up into me dropping i Heart yn and it worked it worked tremendously and now like a lot of artists now are using this overexposure campaign because it's been becoming more so a thing of promoting your name rather than your actual music so right. people are not going to click on all of that music they're just going to see your name too much name because yeah because a lot of music comes out now i mean with the with it's the, too much yeah I, honestly you know people don't grasp that you know I, I feel like i consume music at a pretty fast pace compared to other people but there's no way like i mean today i spent i want to say six hours just listening to new music mm. Just like going through playlists, some of some people who I really respect, um, you know, across the country, just listening to what they're listening to, and that was fun. But if you ask me to do it tomorrow, I'll tell you hell no. Nah. Six hours? Nah, fam. Nah. Like but I can't. Had, I don't have that attention within, span. Within within that time, like, what did you grasp out of it? You know, like, which songs do you remember? Uh, I remember a couple. I you remember see? a couple, but I remember them because but I was you able don't remember to save six them. Hours music Hell no. worth it. Six Hell hours no. worth of music. Hell like, no. So is, is, this is when artists have to get creative. Like, it's not, it's cool to to shoot a lot of shots. Mm -hmm. But at, when it's five seconds left in the game, yo, you can't shoot 30 shots. You know, <laughs> that one shot is the one that matters, yo. Yeah. So make your one fucking shot, yo. Make, put your best foot forward at all times. Mm -hmm. And that'll work out better for you rather than putting out a bunch of bullshit. You were innovative in yourself you not only started to realize that you needed to make your music and push yourself as a brand, but you came up with a, um, a pretty dope concept that's still relevant today, I, I think, called Deal With No Deal. Yeah. So talk to me about, you know, why you wanted to put it together and, um, 
you know, where it went then and where it is now. Deal with No Deal came about because we're coming out of the Charles situation um, now, like the deal is over and mm -hmm. we're trying to just figure, I, w I was just in a place where I was, I was upset because I hadn't, people, people on the surface, I can sit up here and tell you like things were what it was or whatever. Like I had a million dollars. I didn't have a million dollars during Charles' situation. Like Charles and them had that money. Yeah. I didn't have shit. Facts, you okay. understand? Like, so it looked a lot better on the surface than what it was. And at, during the time, like I'm still trying to figure out like how can what can I do like I'm, I'm running scams and hustling still like mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm, like while mm -hmm. my man's is doing X Y and Z yeah so when we coming out of it when we're coming out of the Charles's situation uh two dope boys had reached out to myself and my other dude BA um and they said yo we get can we get a tape from y'all can we get a project from y'all we want to host a project from y'all so shout out to Shake and Mecca they actually reached out and since it was two of us we said yo we're gonna call up tape two dope boys and oh, like, okay. Yeah, and they were like, no, you can't do that <laughs> or whatever because we're going to, what if we want to use the name later on down the line? Yeah. So, like, all right, cool or whatever. So, I'm sitting back and I'm thinking about, yo, what the hell can we call this tape or whatever, you know, because the music is damn near done. Um, And what can we do? So... I just I don't know I just said fuck it yo it just I just just popped up to my head deal with no deal mm -hmm. and where I stand on is that uh I don't just put out music for the sake of putting out music I, mm -hmm. I want everything to have a purpose have a meaning and have longevity like mm -hmm. this move leads to this move so I said yo we're gonna do this deal with no deal thing and we're gonna actually capture the ass the the hunger and what's happening in the city right now and we're gonna create this platform for other artists we're gonna start a tv show we're gonna do this we're gonna do that like i had this huge idea yeah. of exactly what i wanted to see all, all like way back when mm -hmm. or whatever that just sparked off of the music because like i said it's not just about the music it's what what can you take after that yeah. a lot of people only playing up to the project release but what can you take it after that right. so um i i just grabbed up my people we took a camera around we started shooting deal with no deal tv mm -hmm. um you know like uh, uh uh i i i was doing the blogging thing we put up the website i literally changed youngnate.com to deal with no deal.com it'd be like that so, <laughs> so you like know that. like like, like I, I took it and switched up everything or whatever and sent all of my traffic that was coming for young nate i sent it to other artists yeah, yeah you know and i was going through the email i put it up and i was just like yo let's let's do this blog that is not because dealing with the blogs, you know, I know that they, they have their cattiness and they have their ways or whatever right, in which soul. in which artists can't certain artists can't give up. They have their favoritism. So let me make something that's just neutral. You know that anybody, as long as your shit is hot, as long as your product is hot, as long as you got hot music or you got a hot video or hot clothes, if you're a fashion designer, mm -hmm. if whatever it is, as long as the quality is great, you will always have a platform. And that's mm -hmm. what Deal With No Deal is. As long as the quality is great, you will have a platform, you will have an outlet. Deal With No Deal was is one of the things that actually gave me the, I don't want to use the word power, but gave me the, the, the spark to start the Encore Radio Show. So a lot of my success comes from, from you. So I want to thank you for that. Um, I actually, I was, um, I, I, I'm, I finally had a chance to meet Carrie uh, back in October. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, I know Cope. Um, and I met Shanae like years ago, like, about, like three or four years ago now, whatever. And at the time, watching you guys was like watching superheroes. I'm like, damn, like, yo, that's where I want to be. Yeah. That's what I want to do, and thus here we are. I had a chance to really sit down and talk. And to that all was three uh, guys. that was copacetic taking the reins mm -hmm. because after a while it became so demanding on me. Oh yeah, because it is to, heavy yeah, to actually 
do I do? Do I run deal with no deal and do I become young Nate? And I mm. never wanted the two or somebody to ever feel like this is young Nate's thing. Like this yeah. is not my thing. But yeah. I want people to know for me, and I feel the same way that that, that Pac always felt. Show like I'm just the catalyst, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Like and whatever else happens after that, y'all can y'all can take this shit and go for way further than me. Be but I'm gonna let y'all know that it's possible. Yeah. It's possible. Like yeah. it's some form of this is possible. Mm-hmm. They, whatever they told you that you couldn't do, I'm gonna be the person that does it. And then you can take this shit wherever you want to go. I may not do it the best. I may not be the best artist. I may not be the best whatever. But you you got the potential to do it. It's doable now. Yeah. So that's where uh Copen, every but Copen, Kari took it and Kerry took it and uh Sinead took it and they just took it and they ran. You know, and I was so proud and so happy to, to see what it was becoming and what everything was becoming. Because I'm like, yo, these are just thoughts that are in my head. Mm-hmm. And for people to believe in a vision, yo, I will never take that for granted. Like I said, I'm just the catalyst. That's what's up. That's what's up. So at what point, I know you guys, I know you said that you guys, had you and Charles had a falling out before a lot of stuff happened. You you not wanting to be in the MEV and all that. But at what point, past that now, did your relationship with him start to change? Did you start to see that things wasn't the same like before? Um, I'll say this. I'm a true friend. Mm-hmm. And I don't care what a person has. Like I said, like, I'm... I, I could curse. I've been cursing this whole time. Yo, I'm a nigga, B. Like, so, <laughs> if you my nigga, I'm gonna talk to you like you my nigga. Like, Word. in the moment that you start bugging out or you do something or whatever, like, that, that and nobody is checking you, like, I'm... It, my, between me and my boys, like, I was saying is, if we don't check each other, who's gonna check us? Facts. So, I hang out with people that are, that are an extension of myself. Mm. So, at times, we can't see what we're doing ourselves because I'm inside of my body, so I need somebody else to tell me, yo, yo, Nate, yo, this is, you, you bugging right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or whatever so the same thing would come across when when it came to charles and it would it was a thing like yo charles is just being charles mm. you know like like charles is just being charles That's just, he's just doing charles he's just being charles or whatever like nah yo there's right and it's wrong and there's Facts. real shit and that's bullshit mm-hmm. or whatever so when i started checking the bullshit and you know you got this this person is the one that's fronting the bill so a lot mm-hmm. of people are holding their tongues because he's the yeah. one that's paying you yeah right now whatever and like i said yo i'm not getting no dollar for this and even if he was paying me for this Yo, I'm a man first. I hold my dick like everybody else. You know, like, like you won't, I don't hold right. your, I'm not gonna shake your dick, nigga. I'm gonna hold my dick. Like, right. you know, like, so fuck all that. You're gonna have to come to me correct. And when I noticed that shit was changing and this person is not coming to me correct and this person is changing up the way that they are, that's when I had to, like, you know, so long before you see Charles falling out, like, I was already not fucking with Charles. Mm. Long before that, but I would never speak bad on a person. This is still my brother to this day. Yeah. And I understand with life and with everything that we were going through and the pressure with us being young but i you know like you just come to me correct be like, mm-hmm. I, I, I respect that i respect i respect that 100 like i would i expect the people that i let into my circle the people that are that i really fucks with that know my real name to tell me yo why is you fucking up or why you need to do this or why you need to do that yeah. I, I i definitely i definitely respect and understand that um so let's 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 move let's talk about woody kind of we never we never got to talk about woody yeah so when did you meet Woody, and how much did he how much did he adjust your sound to be more of the young Nick that we hear today? Um, I met Woody like that when I said when Charles they told me that, that Charles buying that ticket that plane mm-hmm. ticket or okay. whatever. Uh-huh. And that first trip to LA, I meet Woody, and we're at uh, the record plant. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and they got like a basketball court in there and shit like that. Oh, that's I met, right. Okay. I met uh, Woody and Smarty. So Charles and I are going to play two on two in the studio or whatever against <laughs> Smarty, who was my manager at the time, who was uh, running around and running the studio. Um, shout out to Smarty, shout out to Jen. And uh, Woody was there too. Woody was a runner. Mm-hmm, um, so mm-hmm. he was like an, an assistant engineer, but like below that. And we, he was just running around. But Woody yeah. happened to be one of the coolest dudes ever. And Charles was like, yo, you got to fuck with Woody. You got to like just meet Woody and stuff like that. Um, and that was like my first encounter with him. I'm like, I'm, I'm this dude is cool yeah so while charles is on his run we come back to new york charles has a house and ho was speaking to him and they were speaking to woody home and they asked him to come over here to new york and work with us now woody's from northern california Mm. he trusted in us and came all the way over here to fucking New York to fuck with us. And out of everybody with the, that were, that was in Demev, I just clicked and I, I don't know, like the it was just right yeah. when I was working with Woody. Like I trusted Woody and Woody trusted me. Mm-hmm. And when a lot of beats that people were passing on and things that people were passing on when it came to Woody, like I'm listening to it and I'm hearing a genius mm-hmm. and the potential of what this can be. And he's hearing the same thing within me. And I don't, it just it just clicked. It was just the trust factor there. And Woody trusted me, and whenever I would I would come to Woody, and I would say, "Yo, I wanna I want I wanna sing," mm-hmm. you know, like mind you, I'm, I'm starting off as a battle rapper. I started <laughs> off as a battle rapper. You went far, you went far left, or and far it, it, right. I'm like, "Yo, I wanna sing, I wanna try this." Woody and I recorded a whole album together, which eventually becomes in in a certain like angle of it. It's it's a lot of the material for I Heart YN mm-hmm. was the original album that Woody and I recorded. So wow, songs okay. like uh, Who Knows Who Cares, Aviator, Blackout. Um, I think it's some other joints on there too, but that was the the original album that Woody and I have recorded together, and we wow. just kept some of the best material. I know a lot of artists that did. I mean, I, I do know of Woody because I, I interviewed another artist, Raven Sorvino, who yeah. um, had a lot of her stuff. Done. Yeah, shout out to Raven. Yo. Yeah, shout out to Raven. Yo, I love her. I love her. I love her. Um, but yeah, you know, a lot of artists they you know they 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 go on what I call marathon runs where they just um, record. 20, 30, 40 songs and pick like 10. I'm like, okay, well, yeah, these are, these are the best 10. These are the ones I'm going to go with. And uh, some of the other ones they might release as Lucy's or just throw them away or put them in stash or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so you move out to LA. You in it. You in LA now. What was that? What was that time like? How First off, how long How long were you in LA for? I think I was in LA for like three years. Three years. What was that? What was that three years? What were those three years like being at you? From New York now, you, you you were a battle rapper. You had the whole experience with Charles. Now you're, you're like, okay, now nah, I'm breaking out to be my own artist. I want to put out, I'm putting out my project. I'm working with people in Cali. I'm, I live in Cali yeah. now. It was just a, um, just a learning experience. Like, again, like the culture shock, just the way that things are different over there. And I loved it. Like, and time went by so fast that it didn't even feel like I was out there for that long. It really? didn't, okay. nah, it didn't even feel like it. Like, I, I come home like uh, uh, we built my studio up from scratch, and so I'm meeting Casey Veggies, uh, mm-hmm. everybody out there. All of these dope people, Freddie Gibbs lived in my building. Like a lot of people, like it was just so, so dope. Yeah. Like you know, like and I, like I said, time just flew. Like and it, I learned a lot about myself. And out there, um, I didn't have any family, anything like that. So. Uh, after I put out I Heart YN, I'm at like the top of my game. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm at the top of the game. Like everybody knows who Young Nate is or whatever mm-hmm. that that was around at the time. Um, there wasn't a blog that I couldn't get on, and I had a nervous breakdown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
I was just like questioning everything because up until that point, I had just been going and going and going and going for so long. Like, you yeah. know, like we leave high school to become young Nate and Charles Hamilton and then we break up or whatever, but I'm still making music. Charles is still making music over on his side or whatever. Boom, now the Charles situation happens. He blows up and I was still going. And then the next thing you know, I'm in LA and I'm with Woody and I'm, I'm, I no longer live in New York and I'm just going and going and going and going and going. And like, I just, one day I just stopped. And was like yo what the fuck am i doing right now you know like i just need a break so i turned my phone off i don't i literally just didn't go home i checked myself into a hotel and i just stayed to myself like i just couldn't do it anymore like mentally i just couldn't do it anymore because i'm at the the highest point that i've ever been at young as young nate by solo artist but I just wasn't happy. There's, there was something missing. Mm -hmm. There was something missing. So I take a break from music. Um, and then I come back and I'm making this project meant to be broken with Woody. And Woody is like the one that's pushing me in. And, mm -hmm. you know, like I started going to see a life coach and like the therapist. And I'm asking like, yo, B, I'm not crazy, yo. Like, and all of this is me growing and developing. Yeah. So, and I respect uh, you as a young as a young man going yeah, and, and talking I had, to I, You have to go and see a psychiatrist. Because like yeah. if you go and see, get a physical twice a year, you need to go and see a psychiatrist twice a year too yeah. just to get mentally what's in your mind in our black community we don't focus on our mental health we as much not. as we focus on our physical we health so we carry a lot of weight mm -hmm. so it, it it got to the point where i couldn't carry it anymore so when i'm speaking to my life coach now this is this is when i'm turning into the young nate that you see here today mm -hmm. um and i'm telling my life coach all of my problems and yeah. he says yo i'm going through the same shit that you're going through yeah this is an old white guy you know he's yeah. like 65 or some <laughs> shit like that or whatever like and he's like yo like dude, you you stressed out with your job i'm stressed out too like he's like yo you having family issues like you whatever you're going through like i'm going through the same thing and we were sitting there and he was like yo but the difference between you and i is that you have an outlet yeah so you need to be writing about that because mm -hmm. that's the music that i'll buy Mm. You know, and this is it. This is a sixty-five-year-old white guy that's talking to me like a young knucklehead from Harlem or whatever, like that knows nothing. He probably, you know, like doesn't. He can't yeah. chill on these corners without looking out of place. You <laughs> know, like, all, but he's all. telling me like, yo, this is this type of stuff that I want to hear. That that that's missing in music that you need to be talking about. So, um, I I, I just had the idea of like meant to be broken, and which is my second solo project mm -hmm. because mentally I was broken. Yeah. But everything is meant to be broken to build it back up into mm -hmm. my heart. That's one of the realest projects because it, I wasn't that in Illuminate to me. I, uh, my two favorite projects that mm -hmm. I've ever put out. But it's just me finding myself as an artist. It's me taking the chances. It's me doing all the stuff that I would tell Woody. Y'all want to sing. Y'all want to do this. I want to do that or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, like I want to write for other people. And it was a while before I actually started writing rap again because I was writing. I went and took a break from rap and started writing other genres. I was writing uh, Bachata. I'm writing, you know, I only, I'm, my Spanish is very limited. So I got to do this shit <laughs> or whatever. I'm writing uh, R&B, pop, uh, country. I'm writing all of these other genres. Yeah. And eventually taking this pen and putting it back into my life and all mm -hmm. of these different tools and you know different different forms of music helped me write create better music for myself now because yeah. I took it and stopped listening to it as rap and just started listening to it as music and me telling my story. So between uh, I Heart YN and Meant to Be Broken, what was the, the the fan feedback from both of those projects? Um, people love I Heart YN or whatever, and that kicked down a lot of doors for me. Um, if you don't hear Meant to Be Broken as the album from beginning to end 
then you don't quite understand what I was doing. You know, mm -hmm. like when we were releasing the singles and everything, it was just an entirely different campaign. Mm -hmm. And we were putting it out the same way that we were doing for Our Hawaiian. So Our Hawaiian is a single driven project. Yeah. Like there's just single at the single at the single at the single. And that's exactly mm -hmm. how I recorded it. And now Meant to Be Broken is an actual concept, conceptual album. Yeah, yeah. And you can't release it as singles. You know, you got to mm -hmm. package it as a whole in order yeah. for it to get it sold. Some I, of love, I love my partners like that now, but when I was 22, not You didn't much. understand nah, it. Nah, yeah, nah, people didn't, didn't understand yeah. that. So, um, and not to say like a full concept because you can still break it up because of the way that I write the music, but um, the the song that people took out of there was uh, Feelings. So that's mm -hmm. Fuck How You Feel, mm -hmm. you know, which is, I'm hearing, uh, that, that's people's favorite song because at the time Charles has sent like a diss record to me or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I write Fuck How You Feel. <laughs> Oh, you know, you know, like, <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. You I like, know, so I like it, I like it, I like that's it. That's the soul that people take from that project. Okay, okay, but you know what though? You know what though? I think, like, I, I always say this. You know, um, my favorite projects from artists are typically their first one because it's the one where you really hear the most from them. You you hear the most pain, the most like all of their all of their most extreme feelings. You hear from that project and it sounds like it came from into your second project and not your your first but you know people didn't get it people didn't understand it as much whatever how did you respond to that how did you respond to people not grasp it? i didn't i didn't really give a fuck because where it comes i'm i'm the opposite of like the first project being your best project mm -hmm. i'm actually better now mm -hmm. i'm way better than i was on my first project like and that the, and i don't understand how artists like can't keep up with the same tenacity of their first project because our brain is a muscle mm -hmm. and if you're truthfully utilizing this muscle and using this muscle then you should be getting better Fox. your music now should be developing we're, we're experiencing new things we're, we're on a grander scale mm -hmm. you know of what we can have in our life experiences and there's so much to, for us to talk about we yeah. live 24 hours a day 365 days a year I have 365 stories that I can tell you <laughs> every single year like I can make a song for every single day just with what the fuck I'm going through right now so how how are you not getting better? Like I said, I'm the I'm the opposite of that. Yeah. Because if you listen to me and my capabilities of what I can do now, you would say, oh damn, like that that you know, this date is different. Like, nigga, I'm way better than that other date over there. Like just wittier and learning and mastering my craft as I go along. So, do you do you do you think it was because people were accustomed to one thing in here? And you know, as you said, you were you were being more open, you were talking about things that were happening, you were in LA, you didn't ex the experience yeah, it. It was, it an, ex like it was an experimental album. It was something yeah. like um when 808 to Heartbreaks drops, mm -hmm. nobody that, that, that everybody like what the, what the hell is this or whatever. When Yeezus drops, what the hell is this or whatever. So I know with my music too, it like it. Uh, Sometimes I'm I'm way ahead of what what I should be doing. So I, I rarely release music that I record in real time I, because I, heard I under that. I heard. yeah I know that people are not gonna get where my mind is at right now. Like mm -hmm. because I'm 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 that far ahead. Like mentally I'm just y'all y'all not catching up to this yet. So. um and that was the time where I dropped real-time music. Yeah. And that's where you get the effect of what happens when I drop my real-time thoughts. Now, if I hold this project on, hold on, I'm meant to be broken now, and I release it after you get a Kendrick, after you get a J. Cole, after you get all of these albums and shit like that, and all of this music and Bryson Teledrops, mm -hmm. and then I drop meant to be broken today. You might then have. it's like, oh, 
shit. Yeah. Like, you know, like, oh, shit. Like, this is like a chick-driven album. You hear me talking about my love life, which is something that I'm not talking about on iHeartYN or any of my projects. Mm. Like, you know, like, you get all of these feelings and all of these emotions. I got EDM on it. Yeah. You know, I got an EDM record on it. I was performing in uh, uh, EDM festivals out in California for this one song. Like, so, you know, like, I'm, I can see it. I can mm. see what it is and whether or not y'all are going to accept it and understand what I'm doing. And I wasn't making music for New York or making music for the blogs. I was making music for for people that feel like me. That's when I realized that I'm making music for Nathaniel and the other Nathaniels out there. Respect. All right. So let's let's cut to a quick break. Uh, folks, we here with Young Nate, of course. Make sure you guys follow him on Twitter at Young Nate, right? At Y U N G N A T E. Facts. All right, folks. We'll be right back. It's the Encore Radio Show. Good morning. Coming up on a future episode of the Encore Radio Show. Yeah. Hot wire. Ring around Rosie, back for the kill. You don't know me, just know my skills. Everybody wanna get a record deal. And hey, fuck that nigga, I wreck your deal. See how these hate niggas hate for real? All I wanna do is smoke weed and chill. Roll a fat one, then smoke to the grill. But everybody wanna be the man that's still. I don't need your talent on the man for real. The look in my eyes might give you a chill. I split your mellow like an orange pill. I need these trees, I don't need these pills. Fuck that, I chop out a black for real. I put rappers back in their places still. I can't come down to the smoke these pants. Yes, I'm the best and they all know now. If they try to they lie, then they lie on the ground while I'm firing around. While your girl give me crown that you land for the team. I wire right now, right now. Now it's the time that we take over town like Nino Brown. I can see no clouds, you can see no doubt. You can see me now like CB Brown being Riri now. And she got with that, and she burnt the house down. Who won back with some new hot grade? Raise your hand like you in the first grade. I can't lie, I'm here to get paid. Smoke that good right here on stage. Only rap nigga in a heavy metal raid with a badass chick with a mohawk fade. Yes, I spread everywhere like a plague. If they wanna rap like me, okay. I'd rather be me than them anyway. I smoke heavyweight, bar molly every day. Lyrically, I'm on the back like a loaded AK. Loaded AK? Loaded AK. Roll it up, light it up, smoking AK. 47 got a nigga on that way. I'm so high, I don't know about that. A lot of T A T inside me. Young girls wanna show me ID. 18 and over to party with me. Girl, I don't wanna be an R. Kelly. I got the VIP so smelly. This is my B I B L E. Shorty got a man, but I'm in a celly. I'ma knock it out like Muhammad Ali. Then I roll another bag at a kamikaze. Before I leave, let me tell you one thing. Mama told me one day I'll be a king. Kneel down on your knees, you get that ring. Every time you see me, I'm doing my thing. I got a lot of habits, weed and bling. I like ice and I like things and I like freak chicks with tongue rings. That can back it up like a tow truck king. Keep a pack of magnums when I'm fucking. All right, folks, we back to Uncle Radio Show. Live here, this is Wise Soul. I'm here with Young Nate. Yeah, yeah. Make sure you guys follow Young Nate on Twitter. You on Instagram as well? On Instagram as well. Yeah. At Young Nate, Y-U-N-G-N-A-T-E on everything. Yes, yes. All right, so April 2013, you were at SOB's. Uh, it was you, Davies, and Show to Fly for the New Hop Concert Series, New Harlem. All right? Your next time on stage... On SOB stage was the Raekwon show yeah. this, this this past year, 2015, December. What was it like to be on stage again, on that stage again? Certain stages, as artists, we know that this is when it counts. Yeah, yeah. So SOBs is, for New York, if, you, if, you, if you're from New York, you know that the next stage after SOBs that counts is Webster, uh, not Webster Hall, uh, What's well, the whole counts as well, but SOBs, then you go to like Madison Square Garden. Yeah. That's the Madison Square Garden for the underground, which mm-hmm. is that SOB stage. So you just know that you gotta be on your A game. Like yeah. that you can't miss a step. <laughs> you all those shows that we were doing that led to this moment, mm-hmm. like they only matter when I hit this SOB stage. Like <laughs> this is when it really fucking counts, yeah. yo. And the reception for that, like at the time, um, when I do New Harlem, like, work is my big record at the time. Mm. So when I get to work, like, the reception is crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it was just dope or whatever. Like, I'm, I'm going to perform. I'm going to leave my heart on that stage. 
Um, and now when I do check the method, which is not even out for like two months at the time, mm. and I could hear the, the crowd screaming. And it was just like, oh my God, like, yo, what the <laughs> hell? Like, yo, this is different right now. You know, like that was like a big, big moment for me. I check the Slinging rocks is the people's eye. Rap, Trip, triple beam, can't you see my smack? Way more in store, come and check my app. You ain't paid dues, but I check my bounce. My click tight while we click clack. Yo, I cherish that. Do we use that footage for the actual video? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did see that. I did see that. Yeah. I did see that. That video seemed like you had got a lot of fun shooting that. Yeah, we had we had so much fun shooting. I checked about <laughs> the video. We did that on the fly one night randomly. Yo, what train was that? Um, what what, and what time was it? Th that's train the three train uh, at one forty eighth, and it's like two o'clock in the morning. It's like one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, yo. And we had um, did an event over at my spot, the H Love. Mm -hmm. um, and then we, I would just was like, yo, fuck it, yo, we gonna shoot this shit right now. I told Quality, I'm like, yo, call up the camera, yo, we, we out here, we gonna shoot this shit right now. Call bro. up the like, camera. <laughs> and the whole party just ran over with us, you know, like, uh, yeah, we just was out there in the cold. We walk into the train and we wilding out on the way to the train. I'm like, yo, catch all of this, yak. I'm telling the kid, yo, catch all of this, bro. We gonna catch all of this and we're gonna build up to this train scene. We just gonna start wilding out on the train. So I'm telling the, the, the guys that I'm with, I'm like, yo, bro, like, don't worry about pushing me out of the way or nothing like that whatever you feel like yo just leave it all out there just do whatever you want at yeah. this particular moment and it came out just like that so you know i've never been on a, a music video scene so is the music playing there as well yeah the music is playing as well the okay. music is playing there as well whatever uh, we're using out for our playback audio we had like the mini speaker because we're okay. walking and traveling sometimes you want to play out a car but mm. you wanted to play as loud as you possibly can so that you can catch it on a playback while they're editing it so perfect. they're just matching up the two one and two things together perfect okay yeah i've never i've never been i've never had the opportunity to get invited out so artists if y'all want to invite me out to y'all music videos <laughs> <laughs> Dancing all up in your music videos, I got you, son. Yo, I hear you. I hear you. Fuck, I hear you. Oh man. Okay. So you know, we we, we jump we jump forward to 2013. But I do want to ask, when did you actually come back to New York? When did you say, okay, enough is enough in LA? Let me let me be out of here. It was uh so sob. It's like a like the year before I come back and do the sob. Like that's the same year. It's, yeah, it's like a year before that. Okay. So I want to okay. say like 2012. I come back to New York. So you left, you, were, you went from Cali back to New York? I came back to New York, yeah, and oh. I didn't I didn't plan on being in New York for that long, you mm -hmm. know, like, I just, it just happened to where I'm like, yo, I'm back home, and this is the, the feeling, like I said, when I'm doing Meant to Be Broken, yeah. this is that void that that was missing, it's mm -hmm. being with my family, it's being with the people that I knew since the beginning, where I could turn around and say, yo, remember that time back in 7th grade where yeah. I slapped Keisha ass, like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, see, and her brother came and beat me up, like, you know, like, on the wood shit or whatever, like, yeah, and it's just those moments that keep you grounded and keep you level you need your friends around you in this game you know it's crazy i respect that and i understand that a hundred percent i had a very similar situation to that huh. uh and um yeah you know i actually i feel comfortable being alone like i live in no i mean i'm actually probably going through it going through it right now um but i have the experience of going through it the first time that i know how yeah. to react but yeah like i live in the bronx right now and i live alone all my family lives in Brooklyn. Well, all my family here in America lives in Brooklyn, and all the rest of it lives in Barbados. Mm. So when I when I when I start to feel like 
when I started to feel more withdrawn, not want to be around like anyone. I take that the hour and change trip down to Brooklyn on the yeah. train. I'm, I'm, I'm. You I'm gotta good. just go and see your family. It's when nothing I, like yo, that hug. Yo, when that I hug when so I hop much. out the train at Church and Nostrand, son, I walk in. I'm in Flatbush. I'm like, yo, I'm back. Every time I swear, every time I go back to Flatbush, I'm on, the, I'm on Snapchat. I'm like, yo, I'm back in the bush. I used to live over there. Uh, see, yo, funny shit. Yeah, that's my that's that's my old hood, shit. son. That's my old yeah. hood. I love you. I love Flatbush. I love Flatbush. So I completely understand that that void there. So now, now we're back in now we're back in 2013 ish. Uh, so Camel side, when what time, when did you become a part of Camel? Camel, I've just always been around the Camel dudes mm-hmm, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So so if you even check going back to what you living like, this is before the SOB show. You can yeah. see the, the my videos full of Camel stuff. Yeah. Oh, there you got Frank Grange, you got Skull, you got I think P P was at the shoot. So it's just always been I've always been around my guys mm-hmm. and whatnot, yo. And it was just the thing, like, it, I think, yo, it's time. Mm-hmm. It's time for us to, like, really, really do this and really submit it. Because I was always camo by affiliation. So, yeah, yeah. you know, like, they was always going to ride for me no matter what no matter or whatever. Uh-huh. And, dude, I knew everything about camo up until I said, yo, you know what, B, but, like, they're like, I'm camo, nigga. I'm, I told them, I'm like, nigga, I'm camo, bro. They're like, Nate, like, of course, nigga, like, you've been here, like, you know, like. So, it was just one of those things, B, with the camaraderie, yo, the dopeness of, of it, like, it's just just the team like you know is it like i said like you gotta you can't do this by yourself man was that something that you missed after the demev kind of like everyone went now i won't say they went in separate ways but everyone kind of started doing different things did did you miss that aspect of 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 the group it was definitely something that was missing because i feed off of my peers Mm -hmm, in order mm -hmm. to be the best i need to i you know the steel sharp and steel so i need to be around artists like every single artist needs to be around other artists you need to be in that collective or whatever in order to push yourself forward in order yeah. to push your music forward you need to know your co- you keep your competition with you keep that friendly spirit mm-hmm. you know of the competition there like like you'll be you, you nice be but i'm gonna kill you on this song. <laughs> you know and i can't do that as a solo artist by myself you know yeah. like because that's always my mentality but you know like i can't tell you y'all gonna kill you on the soul road you go like you know you're not gonna take it the same way nope, but if we on the same wrong. team you know that all right i'm gonna kill you this time and you gonna gun for me the next time around right. so i need to be on my shit by the next time that you come out you know like right. so that's that was that was needed now we had illuminate now right so you had illuminate done for yeah. two years yeah. now i'm gonna get i'm gonna source that real quick shout out to word of mouth radio yeah. you held it for two years though why the same feeling the same feeling of like when i said with the meant to be broken i've learned how to make music that'll be timeless so no mm-hmm. matter when i drop it like it'll always hit now the thing is like i said whether or not it's the time that i want to put it out and i do everything fully with my heart so mm-hmm. if my heart is not in it then i'm not gonna do it and at the time that i was gonna drop illuminate i'm like you know what like they're not ready for this mm-hmm. they're not ready for this yet or whatever like the the, the time it just gotta be right everything just gotta be right you gotta master the art of time and so when i dropped it, it was just off the fly i was inspired again you know like but i just came back from seeing trey pizzy at sobs yeah, yeah on that yeah. monday and i think i put out the project that very next day that tuesday so wow. that's literally how it happened I, I saw him and i had a conversation with uh ty hickson mm-hmm. who is the engineer and the work person i was working with through the entire project he had a conversation yeah. with me and he was like yo nate yo you could drop your shit whenever bro you got that type of shit that it don't even matter bro mm-hmm. you could just you know he, he reiterated this fact in me because we all have our doubts and we all go through what we go through because we're human beings and we're mm-hmm. all going to come up too so i needed that motivation so the next morning i wake up 
and I had the album art done. Um, shouts to Aja Aja Belly. Um, I had the picture done, and I just I got this app on my phone, and I just threw Young Nate on her picture that I already took for the cover. Yeah. Um, and I was like, Yo, fuck it, I'm gonna put this shit out right now, and I zipped up the file and I just dropped that shit. Your fans hadn't heard from you, or hadn't heard from you musically two years. Yeah. Right. From a marketing perspective, now, because that's that's I, I try to look at it from all kinds of perspective. From yeah. a marketing perspective, what were you thinking? You yeah you gotta you gotta you gotta promo with the single you gotta push it for a little while like what it just it just like just Again, out of the blue it Whoa. was it was the same thing that I learned from uh from meant to be broken like I said like how do, how are we gonna package it and I don't really care mm-hmm. you know like I believe I believe in my talent so mm-hmm. at the end of the day like if you press play you gonna fuck with me the moment <laughs> that you press play yo you gonna fuck with me bro like nigga I know I'm a beast like nigga I know what I'm capable of yeah. so um with me trusting in my abilities and trusting in people that are still gonna fuck with me and the blogs that still fuck with me that have been riding with me since i started this mm-hmm. i just trusted in them and i trusted in myself and i just woke up one day and said yo i'm gonna do this mm-hmm. because over that course of those two years i'm still using the hashtag illuminate yeah, so people yeah. are still looking for it mm-hmm. and people are still waiting and anticipating for yeah. this project to drop so people were begging me yeah. to put that shit out and there was certain people that had heard it that i went to the listening party so if people it's actual fact i did the listening party two years before i put out the album you understand like if people knew that it was done and they were just literally just waiting for me to put it out yeah and i heard funny julius was there yeah julie no julius had missed it if i'm not mistaken i think julius missed it julius at rsvp he apologized for missing mm. it um but a lot of people with the, i didn't even know who julius was at the time yeah and for these people to be these these new people that are on the scene that are still privy and still knowledgeable to what i was doing before that meant more to me than anything and that's yeah. when i'm like yo I, I do have a certain amount of power and i do have a certain amount of responsibility to set this tone and set the ball to where i needed to be mm-hmm. all right well you know i respect that i respect the fact i mean it came out i mean you got your your part of camo as it was anyway camo 2015 was yeah the, mean, the flood of the project yo and the flood of the project y'all definitely handled that i wasn't i wasn't slated to go up nobody <laughs> everybody like everybody like it's like i'm literally saying everybody knew that it was done mm-hmm. everyone knew that it was done and i was just like you know what like I'm gonna drop it today. Like, like, so let's say, for instance, like, I wake up, I'm working on Alert Cobain right now, my, my follow up project. Mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. the type of person that I'll just, I'll just wake up and drop that shit tomorrow. <laughs> That's literally how I feel. Like, I literally just gotta be in the mood to say, like, yo, it's time for y'all to hit this. Yeah. You know, and if I sit on my music for too long, then you'll never hear it. And certain things led up to me saying, like, yo, you know what? I gotta drop Illuminate. Check the method now. This is the first song off of Alert Cobain. Yeah. Talk to me about the direction that you're going with Lurt Cobain. Um, I won't give you too much because then people are gonna jack the idea. <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. So, um Check the Method just happened to be uh I was I was after I dropped Illuminate, I hadn't recorded in so long. So you're looking at a project that I made two years ago and mm-hmm. I, I was going on like uh like seven to eight months with me not being in the studio. Mm-hmm. Um me focusing on my outside ventures, Heartloom getting deal with no deal back up and things like that. Um and Quality had come to me and he said, yo, Nate, yo, you gotta get back into the studio. You gotta mm-hmm. start making music be and start letting niggas know like that you're, they don't understand your talent. Yeah. Like, you know, and a lot of people around me be like, yo, Nate, yo, they don't understand like that you are not on that level. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like people may look like, yo, we all are the same thing or whatever, nigga, but I'm gonna smoke you on these records, bro. <laughs> like, you can't, you're not about to out me. So, Qua, um, 
had he was working on his concept album. Yo, fuck the Broncos, bitch. They just won. I'm sure wow. the game is not over. They just won. Oh wow! Oh man, you hear that, B? The Broncos just won the Super Bowl. B, wow! But, um, it was just the uh, with, with Quad just just getting me back into the studio. He had the uh, he was working on a remix project, and he had like all of these flips and all of these beats. And um, I go into it, and I had a, another beat in my mind that I wanted to work on. And he plays me check the method, mm -hmm. and I'm just like, yo, this is crazy, bro. <sighs> this is crazy right here, B. And literally, I want to say. 20 minutes 25 minutes or whatever i write the whole song and record the shit and shit is done 20 minutes yeah <laughs> and that's what i'm saying like 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 you can't make my, it look so easy man my it, it, with they uh i was just reading something today i don't know what i was watching but it said um if you do it right then people would never know that you did it mm. if it's done the right way then people would never know that you did it so um if i truthfully tell people like yo be you're not getting like my full thought or whatever you know you just getting this is this is a feeling this is an emotion for me like i said it's all feeling and it's all it all gotta be right it yeah. gotta be right like it i gotta feel it and it gotta move me so if i'm having fun doing it then you'll have fun listening to it. you'll have fun receiving it mm -hmm. so you see the same excitement for me every single time i get up there and i perform the song every single time that i play the song like you're getting that excitement from me. i'm happy to do this right now mm -hmm. you know like and now it's just to get the work and to keep it going and without you know learning my balance between the events and the brands and getting the music back out there. When do you think that we could expect Lord Cobain? Um, my goal is to have it out by like March. Like okay, March, okay, okay. Like March, April. This is a realistic date. Okay, this is, this is okay. Me totally realistic. Um, and and because like there's so much happening in the city right now that I'm, I'm like yo, I, I do play an integral part in it. So mm -hmm. so between what I'm what I'm able to do and what I'm able to put on for the city and like my actual talent and I'd be cheating you guys if I didn't be young Nate for you guys like because mm -hmm. this is for me this is for my son this is for my family like mm -hmm. and for everybody that's just sitting here just like yo Nate like you gotta go get it bro like and you know like and it's a mental thing in myself like yo you know like i don't want to sit there and read the rhymes so i stopped reading rhymes and stopped being so mechanical with it and i finally found my 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 inspiration again to where i'm i'm ready to do it in 2009 in the interview you said and i quote my affairs should be forgotten and for people to feel like oh nate had potential but he didn't do nothing with it nate could have did this but he didn't do nothing with it do you have that same fear in 2016? Every day. That keeps me going every single day. My The greats that we look up to are gonna be forgotten. Yeah, they got rich, yeah, they made their millions, but they're gonna be forgotten. Mm. And what did you do with your impact on this earth? How did you impact the earth? How did you impact your community or whatever? When I'm gone, they gotta name a block after me. Mm. You know, them. like, that's, that's what I'm grinding for. So, Heartland. We talked previously about Heartland. Y'all gotta check out that interview if y'all wanna get all the back details on yeah. Heartland and everybody else, right? What what goals do you have for Heartland? Like I, I could I can see Heartland growing up to be this this integral part or intricate, excuse me, part of the city. What are some what are some quick goals you have for Heartland now? I want people to plan their year around coming to Heartland Fest. Like the same way that we know that south by southwest mm -hmm. is always in march we always looking for that shit or whatever so people take their time off of their work and mm -hmm. you know they got they know they gotta be there so that's what i that's what i see for Harlem. 
and also uh, we're working on something called the Harlem Art Project, which is where you see a lot of me doing a lot of philanthropy work. Mm -hmm. um, it's to actually give back to my community and rebuild my community. So these are the things that have been going on all, all over the course of the year. And also just giving people a break. Giving This is something that I'm building for, for next generations, for our generation, yes, yo. Mm -hmm. And if anybody needs a job, anybody needs help, anybody need, you know, like come come and build with me. Let's, mm -hmm. let's come and do this. Like we can make this profitable. We can reach the sky for this for our limit. But this is for to rebuild my community and to put my city back up. There's no reason why we should be flying out to to go and do something else. You know, like the, like to go to South by or go to Coachella and make sure that we hitting all of these events. Like people got to come to New York. They got to mm -hmm. come uptown. They got to come and fuck with us. Facts. You know, you got to come here to be known. And you, I want people to plan their year around coming to Harlem Fest. All right, so we're in some we're in, we're in some interesting times. Uh, some people will call this. Our our generation civil rights movement. Yeah, you know, like I look at it as um, the beginning. I think that there's so much more um, to a civil rights movement than what we've been doing right now. I think that we should learn from the learn from the first civil rights movement and some things that we kind of left off the left off of that, like building up political uh, building up political clout. Yeah. You know, I feel like a lot of the times, you know. We, I mean, me, we talked, we talked outside before yeah. we came in here about Democrats. The Democrats, they, they feel like they have our vote. I read an article this morning actually about why the Democrats should not just rely on the Black millennial vote all the time because we might not be there sometimes. You know, yeah. you know, there, there are if if, if there, are, you know, the the one thing that Democrats that they that they can say is that they don't have to co be concerned with us as much because the Republicans are so out of tune. Uh, that's I think that's an even that's a little bit of an understatement to what they do, but yeah, I mean, out of tune completely with, with what's going on in our in our in our communities. You know, they they can take us for granted, but if a political party was come up that was a was a an, an option for us, you know, even if it was just an option yeah. for even if it wasn't really that serious, but it could have taken away it could take away votes, yeah. whereas people like Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders don't have to just automatically assume that no matter what we are going the black community collectively is going to caucus and vote with them we could have some some differences so you know what do you what like what, what's your take on the political atmosphere right now it's a circus show right now to me that's the best way to describe it mm -hmm. when you got like donald trump and people like you said people assuming that we're gonna vote for them and we're gonna fuck with you or why yeah like our generation x why our generation is angry. Our generation wants change. And this mm -hmm. is the same, like you said, the same motivation that, that sparked the civil rights movement as to where they, during the civil rights movement, they asked why. Why mm -hmm. can't I use this sink? That's the yeah. same sink as the sink over there. But mm -hmm. why is this one the colored sink yeah. and that one is the, the white sink? Mm -hmm. So, and now this is what we're doing now. This is like, like our generation, it's very angry. Yeah. It's very angry. And this is the, this is the, the energy of revolution. Mm -hmm. The anger, the anger, the questioning that we got a problem with authority. Of course we got a problem with authority. Mm -hmm. Who the fuck made you the authority? Yeah. You understand? Like why? Like, and you can't answer me why? Mm. You can't. Y'all have lied to us for long enough. Yo, you can't answer me why. We're 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 uh we're entrepreneurs in the way that we think. Mm -hmm. Um we don't want to go and get jobs. We want to start our own businesses. We, we want to be the leaders. We wanna we wanna change. Mm -hmm. We want change and we're fighting for change and we're angry and the powers that be may may be manipulating what we do or whatever and certain things like in the media may be betraying us in different ways of what we're not actually doing. You know, like the Super Bowl going on right now, you got Cam Newton being a thug yeah. and Peyton Manning being a nice guy. 
just because Peyton Manning is, is you understand what I'm yeah, saying? Like, I like this is this is this is how they're painting us right now. So, and this is what we're going through. But does that like my my black skin made me uh, uh, guilty before I even entered this courtroom? Mm-hmm. So now we asking why? Yeah, this shouldn't be like that. Why are we still answering to y'all? Y'all don't look like us. So mm-hmm. why are we listening to y'all? You don't understand what we going through. You don't know what it feels like to be hungry. Why do I care what you saying to me right now? Why? 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 And the problem and where our anger come is that they don't have no answer for the why. Mm-hmm. So of course I'm just gonna get even more upset. Mm-hmm. Cause you can't even tell me why. This is why you got a crazy motherfucker like Donald Trump that can come out of left field. And like I, we we spoke outside, we spoke previously on this. Is just just the circus show and him showing exactly what a political campaign is. Yeah. A political campaign is nothing more than propaganda. Mm-hmm. And all he is is pure propaganda or whatever. It's brilliant in what he's doing. You understand? But he's showing exactly the the, the flaws in what our democracy has become. He's showing every single flaw from top to bottom. He is exactly what every single politician is. Just to the extreme. You know, the one thing I will say that I like that Donald Trump is doing... I that's... Hell no. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, I'll show you. Donald Trump, like, in America, when President Barack Obama came into the power, you know, quote-unquote, in 2008, people said that racism is dead in America. Donald Trump runs, and he makes two statements. One disrespectful to Mexicans and one, one disrespectful, disrespectful to Muslims, Muslims. 1.3 billion Muslims in the world he disrespects the entire Muslim community right Donald Trump is leading it is showing that America not only is racism not dead racism is alive and racism has only you know it. I what I like is that it pulled the closet racist it pulled the systematic racist out and have them actively at donald trump's can- um, um rallies saying hey look like this this is this is who i believe there was in. there was if you say racism doesn't exist and if, if anybody ever believed that shit then they obviously aren't from minority communities they aren't from the ghetto they aren't no, from the hood they aren't from our communities not at all and then if you say racism doesn't exist, then you're actually not a black person or a minority that lives in a white community, a predominantly mm-hmm. white community. Because this is where you'll actually see, in our community, you can see the racial profiling. Yeah. And the automatic criminalization of us. Mm-hmm. And the stop and frisk. All of these things was always going on. Mm-hmm. You understand? This is in our communities. Now, when you leave and you're a black person or a minority in a, in a predominantly white community, now you're being... It, it, it's just a different form. Now, you're, you're, you're truthfully the minority now. So, the, the way that they act and the way they act towards you, they say shit like, let me touch your hair. Yeah. You understand? Like, 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 these are racist statements. You understand? This is, this is, there's no avoiding. There's no going around with it. The fact that there's something called Native American. <laughs> you got American and then you have Native American. You don't get no more race. How the fuck are you... Uh, let me, let me, let me. I don't think people understand that. They people don't. Under, people don't understand what it is, right? You have an American, and then you have a Native American. And those just put two different pictures in your mind. Yeah. But I'm saying the same exact thing twice. Yeah. You understand? Like, so let's say that the American is technically a Native American, and this person over here is also a Native American. 
You understand even, what I'm saying? I, like, wouldn't, I wouldn't even say that. We got Native Americans and European Americans. I don't understand if we have to be African Americans. But we got to be we, European Americans. We, 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 and this, this is what I'm saying. Like, why did y'all take your, 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 your uh, 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 prefix off of your name? Facts. You understand? Why did Facts. you take the prefix off of your name? And why is the actual American a Native American? Yeah. Nigga, you're saying the same thing. Tw- you're Native to this land and you're an American too. Yeah. Which, mean, which will make you an American. <laughs> you understand? Like, but, it, it, but the simple fact that I say, because people don't actually listen yeah. to what is being said to you. Yeah. You don't pay attention to what somebody is saying. We just accept things for what they are because somebody on the TV told it to us. Mm-hmm. Or somebody that we we look up of, they got a microphone in their hand and mm-hmm. they said this shit to us. So it's a fact. Yeah. And this is as artists and entertainers and people that have these powers and it's, and it's power of our word. Yeah. We need to, to truthfully understand the power of our word. Hitler did what he did off of the power of a word mm-hmm. and these is when words are used and manipulated and mm-hmm. think about the, just the concept of how the fuck is racism dead if you got an american and a native american and it just painted two different pictures in your mind yeah when i'm saying the same thing twice straight fox it's a it's an interesting world we live in you know i have but i have optimism even if it's even if it's skeptical optimism based on you know, past uh, fuck-ups. It's optimism that we're going somewhere. That people's eyes are opening up. My yeah. people's eyes are opening up to some of the hypocrisy. A lot of the hypocrisy. And I'm, I'm hearing less and less people use this fake woke term. I'm hearing less and less people demonize people who are hoteps. I'm seeing less and less people... Um, not want to be deemed as African or even discuss the trace roots to Africa. You know, people are getting more, they're gaining more of their history and I'm skeptically optimistic about the future. Like I said, what the thing is, is that the question comes first. Mm -hmm. And with the question, when you start to get your answers, you get anger. Yeah. And with our generation needs to know that anger is just another tool. Mm. So when you looked at uh, certain like of these uh, uh, movements that were going on or whatever, they were very angry or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. uh, 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 I don't even want to shout out any religious groups or anything like that. But their whole thing is anger. You talk, talk about you talk about the Tea Party. Tea Party is a very yeah. angry. It's, a, a, it's angry an angry movement. group, but it, it brings in the need for conversation. Yes. Now, once we get the conversation sparked. We got to take it a step further. So the Mm. civil rights movement was to take it a step further. We already knew what the problem was. The problem has always been here. The problem Mm. is not going to change by us talking about it. Mm. The problem can only be changed by our actions. So now we're in the stage of who is going to start this action up. Like, let's stop talking about it. Mm-hmm. Let's stop talking. We, mm-hmm. we good. We, mm-hmm. we good off the... Nick, this is the same shit that we've been going through. Yeah. We don't need to talk about this no more, yo. Mm-hmm. Let's just start doing. We yeah. need to start doing. Fair enough. I think, I, I think I'll leave it there at this point. Um, so, 60 seconds. Mm-hmm. All yours, my man. Um, I don't know what I should say. I said a lot of shit. <laughs> um, of course, it's Young Nate B. Make sure that you follow me at Young Nate Y-U-N-G-N-A-T-E across all social media. Uh, we got Heartland Fest coming up April 8th through April 10th. Um, Blacklist concert coming up in May. Um, be on the lookout for Lurk Cobain. Check the uh, check the method video out right now. Song up on SoundCloud. Um, shouts to Encore Radio. Uh, deal with no deal back up. You know, we working out here, man. Yes, it's just yes. a lot of shit, B. And New, New York is up right now, B. So we got to show and prove right about now. Jay Fox. 
Alright folks, um, again it's the Encore Radio Show, we are live each and every Monday, uh, matter of fact folks, by the way, so podcast comes out Monday morning, 8am, uh, we have, we, we repost our podcast again on our network, the Indie Creative Network, um, on Wednesdays, you check it out there, on Fridays, our show is streamed live on Play Next Up Radio in Atlanta, so guys, make sure you guys check that out as well. You know, if you missed the show the first two times, you can catch it at the end of the week as well. Show love to them. Bless up to Play Next Up Radio. Uh, this is Wise Soul here with Young Nate. Make sure you guys follow me um, at The Real Wise with a Z. Um, follow Encore Radio Show, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Encore Radio Show. Folks, yo, this is going to be a fucking crazy year. I will not let y'all down. It's the Encore Radio Show. Good morning. The Encore Radio Show podcast is an indie creative network production. Recorded at Real Life Studios. Produced by Lance Huff and executively produced by Chris Kopstedek.